right. Welcome into the Home Dogs podcast. Mike, Mark, and Travis here with you for week two of our season-long journey to win the Westgate Super Contest. We survived in week one, two, two, and one. Certainly more than you can hope for in a crazy week one after no preseason games and not seeing anything else. You just want to avoid that 0-5 and and 1-4. and Uh, We'll talk about our our week one in a second, but guys, just want to get your thoughts on the first weekend of watching games, the sweating, the tension. What was it like for you? I think think for me, uh, it's definitely different without fans, but you still have the same gambling tense moments where (laughs) you're looking for an interception or looking to to punch a punch a ball in the end zone for a touchdown. Um, So outside of the no fans, I I thought it was, you know, same kind of feelings that you would have betting any other week in the NFL. It was just good to be back. I mean, you know, this weekend, the weather up in the Northeast felt a little bit like fall and get to watch some football all day Sunday. It was, it was refreshing. It felt really good. We left you with eight, picks last week uh we were gonna pick five of them those eight picks ended up going five two and one of course we only picked the five that went two two and one our two wins were denver and jacksonville uh jacksonville was fantastic rivers and the colts somehow did not punt the entire game and still failed to cover and even win the game as a whole and the denver game on monday night at 1 a.m just screaming at the television why isn't Vic Fangio using any of his timeouts? Somehow it worked out and the Titans didn't score and ended up kicking a field goal and we covered by half a point. So it was, it was exhilarating. Yeah, I think Vic, Vic not calling the timeouts in retrospect, I think it actually helped the, the Broncos cover, which goes to show you it, it, when you gamble on a game at any moment, you, you might be rooting for the team that you bet on or against them in a certain scenario. So that's betting. I saw yeah. some comments from Fangio where he said he didn't call the timeout because he was too worried about calling the next play on defense and in your second year as head coach that's that's not what you want to hear <laughs> well, it's, it's like you said uh, he's more of a definitely more of a coordinator i think he definitely has the team prepared but his game management or clock management uh it's just it's not really good that was a game where you know we kind of expected defenses to get worn down and be relatively high scoring particularly in the second half and that did not play out at all um I think, you know, on our podcast last week, we said we circled that game like five months ago and we stuck with it and took it. And we, as you guys said, just squeaked it out. So, And even with Goskowski, the three missed field goals alone wouldn't have been enough for us to cover. We needed that that extra point miss too to really to complete. <laughs> so he left 10 points on the board just himself. So we thank, thank you, God. Goskowski, because the difference between 2-2-1 two, two, and one in my head and 1-3-1 one, and one going into week two was just like astronomical. And the mood changed for the entire week, I think. Totally. I, I think a big part of the contest, though, is just, as you kind of mentioned at the top, is just putting up three and twos, two, two and ones, just kind of staying like uh, in and around 500 and then sprinkling in a couple four and, a, four and one, five and a weeks. That's how you kind of move your way up. Yeah, the closest game we lost that we took was Carolina. They had the ball driving down four. Uh, they run three running plays in a row, I believe, with McCaffrey. And then on fourth and one, they run the fullback up the middle and he gets stuffed. It seemed like it was a constant theme for all our teams this week. They No one could convert a fourth down. I, I There were so many either fourth and one or fourth and goal situations where all our teams just ran straight up the middle or ran some stupid shovel pass. It was very frustrating. That was a bizarre two-minute drill that Carolina was was running. I know they, you know, you definitely have a lot of time in that situation, but to still run it, and they, I feel like they were, they were taking a lot of time in between plays. It made me question whether Rule really knows what he's doing in those situations. Um, I think they had converted uh, for that fourth down play where they gave it to the fullback. I think they had gotten a touchdown like on at the goal line uh, with that same play. Um, it, still, just a bizarre. Bizarre call, bizarre, bizarre two-minute drill. Frustrating. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to go down. And I get the strategy. Like you said, I think the play worked earlier, and it sounded like everyone was kind of on board with giving the fullback the ball at fourth and one. But you're going to have to learn in the NFL that, like, if you're not going to let your best player touch the ball at the most impactful moment of the game, you can take some heat pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, Rule and, and Joe Brady from LSU, it seemed like they were having success moving the ball all day long. So to go away from what they were doing that made them successful and on fourth and one with the game on the line, you think that at least a good learning experience for him. The defense was also terrible. Couldn't stop anything. Atlanta, I don't even need to talk about. We went against Russell Wilson and he was absolutely perfect. And 
we've seen it way too many times before, and it's going to be really hard to go against Russell Wilson ever again. Get, well, get what you deserve. Was that one of the top five consensus picks last week, Atlanta? Atlanta was, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes back to some gamesmanship where it's like you don't really want to be aligned with consensus because you need interesting or unique picks, I guess, that uh, win that no one else takes. But in some cases, particularly earlier in the year, I mean, I think we'd circled that one as Atlanta to be a likely, uh, you know, popularly picked team. And we took it. Didn't work out. But, you know, it's, again, a top five game that everyone lost. So don't feel like we lost a whole lot of ground there. Just in general, as far as consensus picks go, in years past, there's been more like the one, at least when we've been doing it, there's been high 2000s of contestants. Uh, last year, there was those to 3,500 where the consensus top five consensus picks. Usually you don't want to be involved in the top five. Our strategy is to try and guess which games most people are going to guess. And maybe in past years, you're seeing the top games get like a thousand or 900, 800 people picking that. But this year where there's only 1200 contestants, do you think it matters more or matters less to try and avoid those consensus games when maybe the number one game might only have like three or 400 people taking it? Well, I'm curious how it how it'll, uh, compares from a percentage perspective. Uh, I didn't study the consensus numbers this week, but was it considerably similar percentage-wise? Like, was it, you know, I, I, like you said, I think previous years, like 900 out of 3,500 would have picked consensus. It was the same, same percentage-wise this year? It seemed like it was more spread out. Um, okay. It seemed like it seemed like the lower pick games almost had the same numbers that they've always had, like the low 100s. And then there were a lot of games in kind of that 200, 300 range. I mean, I think it's something to monitor going forward. I, I just don't know if it's if it's going to change because of the, the size of the contest is different. That's it, a good question. So as we go into week two, there were eight home dogs in week one. They went four, three and one against the spread. There's only oh, there's six more this week. We'll see how many of those that we like. Uh, something to watch for in week two. Just I've seen a lot of crazy line movements from earlier in the week and even from the look ahead lines. Maybe that's overreaction or the books finally making some adjustments after seeing these teams on the field for the first time. A lot of the betting splits are really crazy right now with just insane amounts of action on one side. Some of that could be a little overreaction to week one. And Mike, when I wrote down the lines on my side, I had six home dogs too, but then we got the... Uh, Contest lines tonight, I think Philly switched from a home dog to a, an underdog. That's right. Um, You're right. So it's fine. Excuse me. A home dog to a fave. I mean, that's like a two and a half point swing in the matter of an afternoon. It's just bizarre. Yeah, I think we touched on it last week, but how, how are you guys kind of thinking about home field advantage going forward after given what happened in week one? I mean, it definitely mattered in Jacksonville. I feel like the heat and there were fans who were there and like you could tell when like the Jags started to get like rolling at times that it was actually cool to hear people in the stands. But like, I don't know, it didn't seem like there was any home field advantage to the Giants being at home on Monday night. Not that they have a great one to begin with. The only thing I'd like to add is that uh, at least for some of the veteran offenses, like definitely kind of noticed this with a couple plays with Rodgers where you can kind of do like a hard count or play with the cadence on the road, which I don't think you'd normally be able to do to draw draw a defense off sides. And even Tannehill on uh, Monday night, I feel like it was just much easier. They, they ran like up-tempo. They were kind of dictating the pace of play like really easily, whereas I think if there was a crowd there, um, it'd be harder to kind of run those things. So it just made me kind of think that there's definitely like – I don't know if home field is worth as much as it is it is in in the past for for certain certain teams or certain certain situations. I mean, I think if you start looking at these lines and it's like two weeks in a row now, we're getting you know a handful of home dogs and some of its matchup. But like, I don't know. I mean, some of these home teams are are getting more points than they typically would, um, which is unscientific to say that. But there's a lot of home dogs getting a boatload of points this week. I mean, I'm just looking five and a half, six and a half, seven, eight and a half, and five and a half. Like, that's a shitload of points for a home dog to get. And a lot of those matchups, you know, would appear one-sided on paper. But it's pretty interesting, actually. I think the amount of points these teams are getting now at home seems like it's starting to trend. Or at least now I'm noticing that it appears to be trending towards the higher side, telling us that the home field advantage is definitely less. The Thursday night game, they're really starting with a bang this year. Cleveland hosting Cincinnati. The Browns are six-point favorites. Uh, Cincinnati's getting 57% of the bets. And Cleveland is getting almost 60% of the money. Does anyone have a case to break our no Thursday rule for this week? I don't think it's worth it. Uh, this is not the game to come off the sidelines for Thursday nighter. 
I would oppose taking Cleveland until we see anything from the offense that lets us know that there is some type of chemistry between the the coach who is an offensive coach and the uh, quarterback and his weapons. People love Stefanski. The the stat guys love Stefanski. I don't know what has been proven on the field to to give them that sense. I'm definitely taking the Browns on the side this week for sure. I think it's a great spot. I think I'd go head to head with you. I think I'd take the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they, they got to play the Ravens in week one on the road. It seems like an impossible matchup. Baltimore looks so determined and that defense looked great. The offense looked great. This is a great matchup. I thought the Cincinnati defense was terrible and Tyrod Taylor just missed a lot of throws and they had a couple bad turnovers. They had a, a fourth down that they didn't get. The Chargers should have won that game by like at least 13 points and they didn't. I think Garrett will and that pass rush will get after Burrow just like the Chargers did and short week, probably a good spot to take Cleveland at home. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see for your two young offensive coaches under the spotlight here because these defenses both stink, I think. And, uh, you know, if this is 14-10 or 16-13 or something, I think people better reevaluate what they really think these offensive coaches do. All right, moving on to Sunday, 1 p.m. The NFL's blessed us with 10 1 p.m. games this week, so let's try to avoid taking five of them or else it's going to be a really stressful three hours. Tennessee, eight and a half point home favorites to Gardner Minshew's Jacksonville Jaguars. Right now, the Jags are getting 82% of bets and 99% of money. So this line has come down from, I believe, Tennessee by 11. I kind of like the Titans, but I don't I don't know if, if it's worthy enough to lay eight and a half against the the frisky Minshew Manchus. I, I think you're right. I think I think the Titans are the right side, especially if you just go off kind of people's initial week one reactions. Uh Jags won a game, Titans Titans barely won on Monday night in primetime. Everybody saw it. So yeah, I think I think people would be leaning towards the Jaguars, but uh I, I don't want to lay eight and a half with this Titans Titans offense. I, I don't know if they're capable of covering that big of a spread. I agree. I mean I think it's also a short week for Tennessee and at least as we sit here on Wednesday night both their big receivers are on the injury report and they just called up some kid from the practice squad that no one's ever heard of. So, you know, maybe those guys play, but it's so it seems like a lot of points to your point, Mark, a lot of points to lay here, um, short week and, and some injuries. Do, do you guys think Jacksonville's too trendy to even consider taking, even though I, I know it's kind of not contrarian side? Yeah, because my initial, when I looked at this game initially, I'm like, oh God, I love the Jaguars getting eight and a half points. So I'm a dumb a dummy. So I would assume that it's pretty trendy. I feel like, too, that's just a letdown spot, right? Like, it must have been so exciting for them to come back and win that game. Divisional opponent at home, fans in the stands, and then just kind of, like, exhale, and now they got to go on the road to play a pretty good team and try and tackle Derrick Henry for 60 minutes. I actually would think this this could be, the Jags could be consensus. Just kind of thinking about it right now. I mean, I haven't gone through the whole the whole schedule, but definitely in the yeah. mix. With that percent of bets and money, uh, you're probably right. I mean, the fact that they couldn't force a punt the entire game is a little concerning. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Colts are a very well-run uh, offense, but uh, for sure, yeah, anytime, anytime you don't force a punt the game, yeah. I think that Tennessee's pass defense looked pretty bad. I, th- I know Judy had a couple big drops that could have flipped that game even more, and then obviously the special teams, I mean, I'm assuming Goskowski, they're going to give him a more chance than they, since they gave him a boatload of money, but that's got to be tense every time they score a touchdown, knowing that that extra point could could swing your cover one way or the other. I just don't get the appeal of the Titans in general. Like what are they really good at? It's just like they're a decent, well-rounded team, but they don't do anything like exceptionally well. Like I, I kind of agree again though, everyone. And I know we said this last week, but like people have perennially overlooked and underrated Tannehill. And it's like become maybe not this year, but in the past it's been like Vogue to say that, you know, he's kind of a clown cause he was in Miami or whatever, but he wins a hell of a lot of football games. So I don't know. And Vrabel, you know, is kind of like I think people kind of respect him more now, but it was not a high profile hire when they made it. But that team, I don't know. They always seem to play hard. I don't know. You're right about that. I feel like both Tannehill and Vrabel kind of get a raw deal when they're actually like really efficient for whatever reason. All right, let's move on to the Giants visiting the Bears. Uh, Chicago's favored by five and a half. The Giants are getting 65% of bets and 90% of the money. If we didn't explain it clearly last week, Travis and I are both self-loathing Giants fans. Um, I might be slightly more optimistic on the outlook for the future and the team than he is. 
But initially, I thought I liked the Giants in this game, and now I want no part of it. I kind of like, I mean, I don't know. I, it, ultimately, I, I probably would stay away. Giants defense looks bad, and their offensive line. I thought the offensive line was okay in pass protection. I thought Andrew Thomas, like, you didn't hear his name, which tells you for a rookie left tackle, he did a really good job. But it was just when Barkley rushed the ball, he was hit in the backfield on average a yard and a half behind the line of scrimmage. So they can't run the ball. That's a problem. And they don't have a hell of a lot of receiving talent. So I just were their rushing was partly to the Steelers. Do they like the Steelers have like an excellent defense? I assume they have an excellent run defense. They do. I mean, I think that's definitely part of it. Um, Tough, tough to say, but there was no room at all to run the ball and they were the giants were in the game to the point where if they had scored you know with four or five minutes left uh they could have even kicked the ball and gotten the ball back and tried to tie it up but that's ultimately when the when the balls came to the fire they just didn't have anything going yeah i mean when jones drove them on that drive they were down 16 to 10 and he threw that awful pick in the end zone so if they score there that game's a different story i do think it's kind of funny that they were six and a half point dogs to the steelers another five and a half point dogs to the bears so something doesn't add up there. I know, I know like the home field, they're home for one, they're on the road on the other, but I, I don't give any credence to a MetLife Stadium home field advantage. I'm not sure Chicago without fans or cold weather has one at all either. So what about the, uh, what do you guys think about the Bears? I mean, Mitch was comical for three quarters and then was dynamic in the fourth quarter. And the, the Lions figured out another way to blow a game. But we kicked around the Bears last week. We kind of liked it heading into the weekend ultimately didn't take it we took denver instead when i was watching the fourth quarter go down i was like i can't wait to bet against mitch next week but then yeah i agree i I didn't i forgot that they were playing the giants so as an outsider mark does any part of you want to take the giants or no 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 but it's not really the giants it's it's more i just i cannot get a read on the bears they're they're such an enigma to me both mitch the defense i I just don't get that team i I thought jones looked spectacular though for the giants whether he can put it together on the road or whether the offensive line can hold up i think are the questions it's probably a stay away jones was awesome i think they they found their quarterback now it's just about the rest of the team they got to figure out moving on to two more disappointing teams from week one dallas hosting the falcons the cowboys are a four and a half point favorite Bets are split about 50-50, and Dallas is getting around 68% of the money. I like Dallas, but it also terrifies me because we've said we, we have a hard time getting a read on the Falcons for many years. Yeah, I, I think I, I lean Dallas here, too. I, I think they're... I think their their offense is, is really special. They didn't kind of show it last week. I think I saw the, the also the the look ahead for this game was six and a half. It's down to four and a half. Yeah, you're right. The Falcons are a hard team to get a read on, but I, I actually do think this Dallas team is, is going to be special this year. It just didn't show in week one. I like the Cowboys too. I mean, you you just made the comment we don't really have a good read on the Falcons. It's kind of terrifying betting against them just because that offense feels like on any Sunday they could just put up a boatload of points. That part I don't love. Um, I also just I'm not sure I see the value in the line. You know, the look ahead to your point was six and a half. You know, Dallas didn't look great. Uh, middle linebackers are both out. Van Der Esch now and Lee. Are they going to have fans in, in Dallas? Yes. How, how many? Any curiosity? Do we know? It's 25 percent. OK, so I mean, that's a that's a significant amount of people. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think it helped the Jags, to be honest. Like like you said earlier, just gives you some kind of energy. And I don't know if the offense can still operate like it normally does. I thought the Dallas defense looked pretty good. Like it seemed like the the Rams were doing whatever they wanted, but they still only scored twenty points. I mean, it feels like that's kind of the story with the Rams offense. They always look like they're playing well and sometimes they just struggle to score. The linebacker injuries bother me. I know Alden Smith looked pretty good last week and the defensive line's good. I mean, I, I could definitely I, I'm interested in it and I like that it's fifty fifty on the bets and Dallas getting about seventy percent of the money. So, you know, that's a good trend that would be supportive of, of Dallas. But again, I, I don't see a whole lot of value in the line. All right, we'll keep them in the mix. Pittsburgh, seven-point home favorites against the Broncos. Steelers are getting 60% of the bets, while Denver's actually getting 60% of the money. I know Pittsburgh had some O-line injuries. Banners out for the season with a torn ACL. Who knows about James Conner, but I'm not sure that even matters with the way they interchange running backs. Uh, Big Ben started out pretty rusty. I thought he looked much better as the game went along. Denver secondary was okay. and we AJ Bouye might be out. It's another kind of big favorite at home, but I agree with you, Mike. Pittsburgh looked good. I don't know how much of that is because they played against the Giants. Again, the Giants defense, I think, is pretty 
bad. Steelers defense, though, is really good. And I, I just I think that's a very favorable matchup against Locke. I'm sorry, you said it's six and a half or seven and a half? No, it's seven in the contest. Okay. And it started, I think, at five and a half. So, again, that's a line where I don't know about the value necessarily. But on the Denver side, too, in addition to Boye, I think Lindsey, Philip Lindsey may not play. Yeah, he's got turf toe, so I think he's out. Yeah. And Gordon looked actually okay until the fumble. And he looked okay after the fumble, too. It's just... Every time he carries right, the ball, yeah. it looks like it's, it's going to come loose Every if he's going to take a big hit. So well, he's had family that. problems his entire career and doesn't seem to want to fix it. So he's got to do the tiki, tape the tape the ball to the arm. I couldn't tell which, which way you guys are leaning, but I, I kind of like Denver as a potential play. I think it'd be very terrifying, but I think that's a decent defense that could kind of hang in the game. I think their offense is decent. They're young, but yeah, it's risky. I don't know. I, I'm somewhat intrigued, though. I would want Sutton to be back to consider them. And yeah. just two weeks in a row with Fangio. I mean, at least maybe you think he's going to pay attention to the clock management, but I, I read some stat that they've, he's now, he's only been their coach for 17 games and they've lost four games where they've been leading with 30 seconds to go. So Ugh. brutal. Good. I do, I do like a, the potential of a lock backdoor cover situation though. They definitely seem to have the weapons to do that. So something to consider. Two more Owen one teams, uh, Indy minus three at home for the Vikings who just got shredded by Rodgers and the Packers. 77% of the bets are on the Vikings and 64% of the bets of the money are on the Vikings. I like Indiana bounce back, but I, I wish Minnesota wasn't coming off just getting embarrassed. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I agree too. The Vikings secondary looked atrocious. I think they're starting like three rookies back there, but that was so easy for Rodgers. I don't know if Rivers is going to be able to do the same thing. He'll probably have a couple of dumb turnovers like he always does, but Rivers still had a really good game. Basically, with the Colts, we won the bet on uh, taking the Jags, so that looks good and feels good, but some of these games, you don't want to let the results negate what you saw with your eyes, and, and Indy looked pretty good to your point, Mike. They played well on offense, didn't have to punt. That was a positive, although uh, Marlon Mack, who killed the Jags, is now on short-term IR, so he won't be in the game. They had this new, uh, I think he's a rookie running back. Um, he had like a couple nice, nice runs. Jonathan um, Taylor? Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Was he missing? Yeah, no, he went to Wisconsin, but he rushed for like 10,000 yards in college. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but it was a, a lot. Yeah, he, he looked he looked really spry and, and quick and fast. It's, I think it's a, it's a really tough game because you're so used to the Minnesota defense being really, really effective and good. And maybe they're just not this year. Or maybe it's just going to take zimmer time to figure that out but i agree with you mike i, I think the colts are the right side it's just i don't know is, is it worth it it doesn't I, seem like there's a lot of value in the number yeah no i would keep indy alive though i i would i love the the offensive line's really good i, I would keep them in the mix yeah and they did have some of those guys banged up and they all played through it last week so something more to monitor too to make sure they're all good to go tom brady he's licking his wounds too uh they are still nine point favorites though over Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers at home. Bets are 50-50. Bucks are getting about 55% of the money. So nothing crazy trends-wise either way. Seems pretty even. Just on the pure number, I would love to back the Panthers again. I don't like the taste that I have in my mouth after that final play, but the offense was still exciting. On the flip side, if there's any defense that that's going to make Brady look young again, it could be this one. So that's part's a little scary. Yeah. I feel like Brady looked really good coming out in the first drive or first two drives maybe, and I... It, some of that, I think, is due to the scripted plays. You know, the first couple plays are scripted, and that that all looked good. But you know, I think they still got a lot of stuff to, to iron out. I think Gronkowski, as we said last week, like wasn't really a factor. Didn't really make a difference because I think OJ Howard, uh, you know, had a ton of catches and I think scored a touchdown. Now Godwin, I think, is on in concussion protocol, so I don't know if he's going to play. Nine points is a lot, honestly, for the for the Panthers. I, I kind of like like them. Yeah, it, it, I was shocked to see this number this high. Yeah. Is this just the Bucks love like coming in? It, it, that's crazy number. Bucks were what six and ten last year. I know they upgraded quarterback. I don't know. This is crazy number to me. You yeah. got to think that no one's going to want to be on the Bucks either. So that'll be a lower pick side. I'm not advocating to take the Bucks. I just I don't know the difference between the value and an FU game coming from the Bucks. Like all the you know Brady's too old this is a stupid move this isn't going to work versus what if this just doesn't work all year and this is your chance these first few weeks to hammer against Tampa Bay yeah and actually have some success I, I, I think it's a good that, case that the Panthers have the better quarterback all right <laughs> I, I, I'm not Teddy missed that. a lot of throws there, <laughs> it wasn't like this. he was efficient but he he does like on third down 
throw behind some guys. I don't know. The two gloves thing still cracks me up. Doesn't turn the ball over. The long touchdown to Anderson, which was totally a busted coverage, was like that that made up for a lot of it. I mean, and I like Teddy a lot, but I'm not ready to say yet that uh, in this game, you know, they, they have the better quarterback. Yeah, he might be Teddy Covers, but he might not be able to just like go up and down the field with the best of them. But I guess the, the question is, how good is the Bucks defense? It seems like they kind of hung around with the the Saints, all con- all things considered. I mean, Brady had a pick six, so you got to take that off the side on the defense. It, it could be a really good defense, and we just kind of didn't realize it in week one. No, no, I mean, I think coming into the year, I think the Tampa defense, I think we liked it generally, but you're right. I mean, yeah, they could be really good. I know it's still a lot of points. I mean, even if they're, you know, nine points, is that feels like a lot of value on the Panthers. I could see, to Mike's point, the Panthers being the higher bet side of the game and and a consensus pick in the contest. It actually kind of feels like the same. It's the same game as Jags Titans division game, nine, nine point or eight point favorite, you know, one team considered better, but yeah, it's, it's, it, you guys think it's kind of the same, same setup. Yeah. And I do think that Tampa is going to have fans too, as well. So also something to, to factor in. I would keep Carolina in the mix. We don't like, we don't like a lot of games so far, so we'll definitely keep them in staying in Florida. The dolphins are hosting the bills. Bills are five and a half point road favorites. They are getting 82% of the bets and 99% of the money. I don't care about any of those trends. I love the Dolphins. I love the Dolphins. (laughs) So what's the case? I think they played pretty well last week. Like they were, they were going in for the cover. Fitzy threw the interception. I don't think he's going to be as bad at home. I think he plays well against his former teams in general. And that's not, I mean, that's, that's half the league. Uh, that's true. Um, but I don't think they played that badly. And we saw what Flores was able to do with this group last year. And I thought the defense actually played pretty well against the Pats. And I thought the Bills are, are just like really overrated after last week. Like, yes, they show flashes where Allen's really good, where he's scrambling and making things happen. But then he also had two idiotic fumbles, missed some dudes in the end zone. They kind of let the Jets back in that game until Herndon fumble kind of flipped it, despite being up 21 nothing. I don't know, Buffalo going down... To the heat after a home game, there's going to be some fans. It just seems like the right side. I think the Bills should be absolutely ashamed for only winning that game by 10 points against the, the Jets. Are not? It's that's not a competitive football team. Um, I know they were up 21 nothing, but they should have had them dead and buried. And I think Miami is relatively frisky. I mean, I would like to know what Devontae Parker's status is, but I really like Miami. I think we should keep him in the mix as a five and a half point home dog. This line started at three and a half, I think, too. So it's it's actually moved in Miami's favor. It's uh, very compelling arguments. <laughs> uh, okay, I, yeah, I like it. I mean, I, I like the division home dog in general. Oh, and one teams against one and O teams generally cover like sixty percent of the time too in week two, and then you add in the divisional pack, divisional factor with that. I like it. I mean, it still is Fitzy, and we didn't really get involved with the Miami bandwagon last year, but I still, I still like it right now. I like the idea that. They're, they played a running quarterback in week one in Cam Newton for the Patriots. And now they get another one. Um, That's a good point. They're ready from a defensive perspective. Relatively low over under, too. It's a C43. They're getting six six points for that. It's pretty good. Uh, speaking of Mark's Jets, they are six and a half point home dogs to the Niners. One o'clock game. 80% of the bets are on the Niners. 71% of the money is on the Niners. The Jets were the worst team I saw in week one by far. It wasn't even close. Um, the Browns would like something to say, but that's okay. Yeah, but the Browns are at least playing a better team, so they get somewhat more of a pass. Darnold was really bad. Play calling was bad. They just don't have any players on either side of the ball, really. I would love to hammer the Niners here in a bounce back, but they have so many injuries themselves that maybe it's too many points to mess with. I think getting this number under seven will bring, make it very popular in the contest. And I, I kind of would like the Niners, but I think it's just going to be really popular and it feels a little bit like a trap under seven, honestly. I don't want to overreact to week one. Like I, I don't think the Jets are a good football team by any means, but I don't think they're as bad as they were week one. Bills are a really good defense. I, in, for some, for whatever reason, Sean McDermott has always owned Adam Gase. I don't know. I could see them hanging around in this game and six points. Six. I don't want to take a six-point road favorite. I don't want to take the Jets either, though. I mean, it is Shanahan versus Gase. Shanahan off a loss. Mackay Becton, I believe, is hurt, so we'd have to see what his status is. I think Jameis Crowder's a little banged up too. It, it just seems like the media narrative right now is just the Jets are the worst team ever. And maybe they are, but 
I, I don't want to bet while that narrative is kind of going on. I think yeah. it seems like it's uh, it's like a trap. With no fans, I will say like if there's any opportunity to take a good team against a bad team like this, I would do it. But I understand. That's what this is, that's it's, it's, it's West Coast, East Coast, one o'clock too, which um, just would point that out. For the record, the the Giants are lower in DVOA than the Jets right now. I know it doesn't really mean anything after one week, but I was surprised to see that. Well, the Giants had like zero rushing yards, so I'm sure that. That doesn't help. I wouldn't be wearing that as a badge <laughs> of honor, buddy. <laughs> are they are they thirty first and thirty second? No, Jets are twenty eighth ahead of the Eagles. So. Wow. Is Co- are they ahead of Coastal Carolina or? Is the- <laughs> Just gotta hang my hat on something. <laughs> All right, you mentioned the Eagles. Uh, they're somehow one point favorites against the Rams. Maybe this line flipped back at the last second because Schefter tweeted out that Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders are going to play. 73% of the bets are on the Rams. 69% of the money's on the Rams. It seems like the great greatest spot in the world to take Philadelphia. I just don't know. Yeah, I loved it. I was looking earlier today. This line was Philly getting one and a half, and I loved it at that point, but I, I, I don't. I'm less intrigued now. I mean, it's really the same, though, right? Like uh, any any moves through the number, unless you're you're getting through like two and a half or three, does it really matter? We're still betting on the Eagles to win. I I, I actually kind of love the Eagles. I think it's totally the right side, it, assuming they're getting the, the Wayne Johnson back and you say Miles Sanders. It's the right spot, especially kind of the Rams coming off that prime time win, just opening a new stadium, got to go cross country. I think the look ahead was for it was three and a half for this eagles were favored by three and a half in the look ahead yeah i would just caution i mean that eagles offensive line gave up eight sacks and i know washington's defensive line we'll get to them in a minute uh is very good but i just i'm not sure i trust that defense or that offensive line right now for philly but i mean keep it alive i I get both your points i mean mark you like it and mike i understand the point about the difference between one getting one and a half and laying one really isn't a whole hell of a lot so i guess we keep it in the mix but i just that offensive line worries me I don't think there's going to be fans, but there will be people making noise near that stadium. <laughs> That's guaranteed. They, they've done it during the Philly games, and that stadium's kind of open on the sides. So, like, there's going to be people in that parking lot screaming and yelling, regardless, and, like, banging cowbells and bullhorns and whatnot. I'm not, that's not saying it's going to make a difference. I just know that Philly's going to be anxious for this one. I mean, if they lose, go to, like, that fan base, and then they'll flip, flip a flip Wentz, guys, Wentz stinks. <laughs> he might. And he actually he didn't have a chance last week. They still somehow they got up seventeen nothing and everything looked great. Mike, and I some of those you sacks are Reader on him. Looking. Some of those sacks are on him. I mean, he's running backwards. He's flying around the wrong way. Uh, I don't. I mean, obviously he's under pressure. That's I get it, but he's questionable. This is the battle of the uh, 2017 draft class or 2018 golf versus Wentz. I think it's yeah. a little longer than that, but yeah, it's the same same class. I think. Yeah. I got some flack for calling the Eagles trash last week on this podcast and. I still believe they're trash. I just don't know how good the Rams actually are. And well, everyone loves the Cowboys on this in this group, and uh, the Rams were able to manage them. I mean, I know it wasn't a blowout by any means, but they were able to absorb what the Ram- or what the Cowboys brought. All right. Uh, final one o'clock game. Seems like we've been going forever with one o'clock games. Uh, Packers six point home favorites against the Lions. 77% of the bets are on the Packers and 85% of the money's on the Packers. The money and the bets are just like totally lined up for most of these games. It's pretty crazy. It's bizarre. We took Detroit in this game last year and had a miracle cover. Detroit should have won the game, jobbed by the officials. I do like taking Detroit in a bounce back. And I mean, the Packers are never going to be as good as they were against the Vikings the other day. Like, well, like, what do we make of the Lions defense? I don't know. Okuda didn't play. Not that like I'm expecting a rookie corner to to make or break a defense, but he was a number three overall pick. I don't really know. I don't. I, I can't. I still can't decide if Matt Patricia is a good head coach. I don't think he is. I think him and Gase are neck and neck to who can who'll be fired first. It's weird. I feel like kind of agree, but I also think for whatever reason Patricia just coaching against a high powered offense like somehow knows what to do. The two Packer Packers games last year. He, they lost by three at home and lost by one on the road. They should have beat the Chiefs or almost beat the Chiefs at home last year. I, I just, for whatever reason, he seems to know how to stymie like a high-powered offense. Maybe that's different in this case, but it kind of makes me like the Lions a little bit. I think last year the Lions were 
four and a half point dogs in Green Bay. And now it's six. I, I don't know. I, I think it's worth kind of just kind of keeping in the mix. I, I don't love this Lions team, but they do have a, a, a decent quarterback or above average quarterback. And if we if we trust Patricia, which is a big if, it could be worth considering. I could buy that argument. And they didn't have Galladay last week, which I do think is a big loss. So if they get him back, that really changes things. And they were sort of everybody's like sleeper pick this year. All of a sudden, Swift drops a touchdown. They should have won the game. They lose, and now people might jump off that bandwagon really quickly. So it could be a good opportunity to hop back in before everybody else does. I just it's a good point. We've never been scared of Aaron Rodgers, right? Like no. we've always wanted to bet against Aaron Rodgers. So I don't want to let one week against the shitty Viking secondary scare us away from that trend. Like we don't think that this is going to be some like rebirth season for him to just dominate the NFL like he did in the past. Those are famous last words, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, without without fans, like, why can't the Lions do what they want to do on offense? I mean, it, it just seems like, I don't know, you could, you could kind of trust these offenses more on the road than, than you have in the past. Geronimo Allison may not play, but it is a revenge game for him. Adrian <laughs> Peterson was surprisingly spry, I thought. I mean, I thought he looked okay. Yeah. I didn't really understand that that signing because I liked Carrion Johnson and Swift, but... And he's had good. a lot of big games against the Packers in his yeah, career. Yeah, he sure has. He knows this knows this division very well. We, we should just go over, like, what, what do we think the best 1 p.m. game is? Mike's got seven or eight lined up for you, like, last week. <laughs> this this week's <laughs> is not nearly as good. I think it's probably Eagles-Rams, which, that's gross. I guess Dallas-Atlanta, also terrible. That's They're what I was going to say. I kind of am interested by Tampa-Carolina. That's a sexy game. 4 p.m. games, the two darlings of week one arizona six and a half point favorites to the washington football team cards are getting 69 percent of the bets and 75 percent of the money i love the cards this week i'm sure you guys might disagree with me i just think they're really good everyone thought they were going to be good they showed that they're really good it's got it's got to be a letdown game for washington like to come back and win that game at home against the eagles you know rivera's getting the ivy at halftime Haskins has given some big speech to rally the troops, and they they beat some crappy Eagles team with their pass rush. I, they a might crappy have a Eagles pass- team that you want to that you want to play this week. It's all relative, but like <laughs> that pass rush is not going to be able to have that same success with a mobile quarterback, and their secondary can be had in Washington. I think Arizona's defense looked pretty damn good, and they have guys who can fly around. Despite winning that game, I don't think Haskins looked particularly great. So I think you're getting less than a touchdown. It's a tough spot for Washington to have to fly across the country and, and compete after that win. I just think they can accept it and move on. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. Um, I think it's natural what's on spot. I, I was impressed with uh, Arizona's offensive line holding up against San Francisco last week. Yes. So like last year, that line was not good. And like you mentioned, that I think the defense is much improved. Um, I, I don't I don't, you still don't trust this Redskins offense at all. I feel like both of these teams right now are coming off of wins that would open people's eyes and make them kind of popular. So I, it, it feels like it's they're two teams in kind of the same spot. I, I get wanting Arizona. I kind of like Washington coming yeah, into this conversation, but I, I know what you guys are saying. I don't think I would have liked Arizona if Washington had lost or gotten their blur, their uh, doors yeah. by the Eagles. It's just the fact that they won. That the only reason that I was I was not going to come in here banging the drum for Washington is because they did win. I, I get it. Shocker. Trav, Trav likes the, the Washington football team. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that would have been good to uh, to play last week. But <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't do it. I just have a thing against uh, Kingsbury kind of where I just don't trust him. But the results, you know, they, they weren't terrible last year. I do feel like they're, they're just a popular team in general. I know you said the Lions kind of came in with a lot of hype this year. I think as we said last week, like the Cardinals definitely did too. I, I don't dislike it at all, but it just I, I'm just kind of waiting for it to not not work. But it's definitely a square play. But if if there is one favorite out there this week that's on the larger side, I think that's the one that I like at home with the team traveling far. And yeah. I, if we expected Washington to be bad, so yeah, I do think that Washington defense though is better than at least I would have thought. Yes, totally. Nothing but big lines at four. Uh, Houston hosting the Ravens. Ravens are seven point faves on the road. Uh, Baltimore's getting eighty-two percent of the bets and seventy-seven percent of the money. Houston's the right side. I just can't do it. Terrifying. It's terrifying. I, I would like to keep Houston in the mix, at like even if it's in the bottom of the bucket, because. I know none of us want to take them against the Ravens, but it does seem like there's at least value. When we compare this to the next game, it just seems like these two teams are much closer than the next two teams and uh, a slight difference in the line. So It is a letdown spot for the Ravens, I guess, right? 
the Ravens aren't going to let the Ravens are a really fucking good team. Like they want to go win this thing. They have a great coach. Yeah, technically, I guess it's a letdown spot, but I, I don't know. Like the, the Ravens aren't going to decide which weeks to show up like this is a I think they're on a mission. That said, I want to keep Houston in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> no party wants to flip and take Baltimore. Uh, I mean, look, honestly, I think Baltimore, it's likely that they win by more than a touchdown, but I don't think that that's the right play. One of these days, we're going to profit off of Baltimore. We missed the boat all of last year. We used to. Yeah, we used to. 2017, that was our team. What a ride. Yeah, when they had Joe Flacco. <laughs> Got off just in time. <laughs> The game that always sticks out in my mind, and people will now turn off their phones, stop listening to this, but when Justin Tucker missed the field goal or the extra point, I think it was a field goal, against the Saints to go into overtime that weekend. Do you remember that game? Yeah, totally. it was brutal. Yeah. It was like 17-16 <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's brutal. Final game of the weekend, afternoon slate. Chiefs, eight and a half point favorites at the Chargers in the new stadium. I mean, 90% of the bets are on the Chiefs and 90% of the money's on the Chiefs. Nothing that I saw from the Chargers makes me want to take them, even though the home dog play is probably the right play. I don't know. I don't know why they're not favored by 10, to be honest. I mean, I think you have to consider the Chargers to be that big of a home dog um, against a division opponent. I think you have to consider it. It's terrifying, but you don't, you don't win this contest betting, picking the Chiefs each week. No, but I, this is what I kind of alluded to when we were talking about Houston and Baltimore. It's like, I think Houston has much more upside than the Chargers right now. And I think Houston's much closer to Baltimore than the Chargers are to the Chiefs. And it's only a one and a half point difference in the line. I honestly, like if this were investing, I would put on a pair trade and buy Houston and then Kansas City. But Yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair. I mean, much better quarterback, much better offense with Houston as opposed to the Chargers. I, I just think the, I thought the Chargers defensive line was impressive uh, last week, but maybe that was just a bad, bad Bengals offensive line so no I mean they have two really good pass rushers and yeah the Bengals have the worst one of the worst lines in the league and they still only won by three and the game should have went to overtime but Randy Bullock missed a chip shot so Tyrod was terrible maybe he's going to be better at home I, I just thought like he has very little touch on his passes like he throws that ball at one speed he wasn't as mobile as I thought maybe he might or has shown to be in the past like he was not scrambling for any first downs or creating that many plays with his legs they couldn't really get Eckler going. What, what did uh, Simon Chad say on this? Can't advocate taking the Chargers. His numbers, ten, Kansas City minus 10 and a half. Andy off extended rest, which is, that's a red flag. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like you guys are unenthused. I'm not even that enthused. So I, I think we can eliminate that. I'll keep Houston in the mix, though. That For some reason, that discussion made me like Houston a little more. So you I mean, sold I don't, it well. You sold it well. I don't even know that I like Houston, but I just feel like that's, <laughs> it's just... I, no one's going to take it. Moving on to the primetime games, Sunday Night Football, pretty great one. Uh, Cam and the Pats at Russell and the Seahawks. Seattle's favored by four. They're getting 62% of the bets and close to 70% of the money. I, I really love the Pats, but I <laughs> two weeks in a row No. against Russell, I don't want to do it. I mean, to get uh, Bill Belichick being a, a four-point underdog for a primetime game, that's not many opportunities that you'll get with that. I, I kind of like him. I don't think the Pats look that great. I don't. I agree. That's my worry. They, and I don't they, know if that defense is what they're going to be able to do against this this Seattle team, which I think is loaded on offense and people maybe haven't realized yet. Cam didn't look like he could do much in the air. I mean, obviously, he ran the ball pretty effectively. That's an excellent secondary, though, in Miami. I mean, I, I feel like that was the game plan was to more run it and do a little dink and dunk here and there. But That's fair. I, I don't think the Seattle defense is that good. At, I mean, I know I guess they held Atlanta in check for the most part last week. I, I still don't think they're that good. That is a good point. The Seattle defense is not that great. I mean, Ryan did throw for 450 yards. A lot of it was scrub time, but the, the yards are there to be had. I mean, I, I agree with you guys, and I'm certainly a proponent for betting on New England, but I'm just, I feel like I'm exhausting myself going against Russell. It's, just, fair. it's totally fucking fair. exhausting. It really is. <laughs> But he's, so, he's so annoying. He's so freaking good. I would keep New England in the mix. I should add an asterisk on uh, Houston Baltimore that last year they played in uh, week 11 and Baltimore won 41 to 7. But, you know, what goes around comes around. So I guess. All right. <laughs> Monday night game. Uh, Saints are in Las Vegas to open their new stadium. Saints are favored by five and a half. They're getting 73% of the bets and 76% of the money. 
Michael Thomas is out for the Saints. I don't know if Breeze looked that good. I would probably say the Raiders are the side, but, but their defense is bad too. I don't know. It just seems like one of those crazy Monday night games. We yeah. can't go against Breeze on Monday night. We've been we've <laughs> we've seen this movie ten times in our super contest careers. I I don't want to do it again. Yeah, I, I I do like the Raiders. I don't know. I'm not sure the Saints are are that good on offense. I didn't think they looked good at all. Um, and now you take Thomas out of the mix. Tampa does Again, have a good do, defense. So remember yeah, that. Yes, Tampa That's has true. a good defense. I do, do want to keep in mind, like we have bet against Breeze on Monday night plenty of times, and every time he murders us. That's fair. Oh out. What'd you guys think of the uh, Monday night crew? Fowler and Herb Street were awesome. Uh, just like total pros, didn't get in the way. Uh, I really enjoyed watching them call that Giants game. They just kind of let it breathe, and there was no like bells and whistles and booger it was, cams. And it was so refreshing. It was just like the, and I, I think part of it is like the production or whatever, or the telecast. And Mike, you know more about this stuff than I do. But like to your point, there was no stupid graphics, and they don't try and like build a narrative and stick to it. And, you know, they just go, they tell you what's going on in the football game, they analyze the plays, they know the players because they called them in college, you know, every one of them. So it's like it, it was just so refreshing. And then unfortunately for ESPN, which I don't think the the new crew on the late game did a bad job, but it's like you lead in with that very professional crew that everyone generally likes. And then it's like just a, t- a tough comparison, I guess. I thought the new crew was pretty good, though. Anything is an upgrade over the, what the last few years have been. So yeah, I like Lewis, Lewis Riddick a lot. Greasy's harmless. And Steve Levy's always just an ESPN staple. So I, I thought it was a pretty good group. I think they're definitely an upgrade. I, I thought Steve Levy was, was good. Uh, Willis Riddick, for some reason, I couldn't like hear him. I, he, I don't know why. I, I feel like the other times he's mic. done, yeah, the other times he's spoken, because um, he's done, maybe he did the second Monday night game last year. I, heard, I feel like it's been a couple of times, and it's the same thing, where it's like you can't hear him very well. It's weird. Uh, but yeah, definitely an upgrade. Um, good to have new blood. Uh, so where does that leave us with who's in the mix, who's not in the mix? So I feel like we have a lot of games in the mix and not a lot of games that anybody loves. So this is going to be tough. Um, oh, I think what's at the top? The Dolphins. So we got the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Colts, the Panthers, the Lions, the Texans, and the Pats. I think I agree with you. I, I, I like the Dolphins probably the most. Same. After after that, I, I have no idea for those last last four spots. Assuming you guys both both like the Dolphins is close to. The lock. Yeah, they were my number one. All right, so we'll lock the Dolphins, and we got to pick four more. Give them to. Can you say them one more time? Cowboys, Eagles, Cardinals, Colts, Panthers, Lions, Texans, and Pats. Cardinals for me are probably the next best bet for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm just judging. I, I would have said Dallas or them, but if I'm gonna either do either of those, I'm gonna much rather want to go against Washington than than the Falcons. I think on the road. I'd probably go Lions or Pats for my number two. I think my number two would be Carolina. We're all over the map. All over the place. Too bad we don't have a, a, a golf game this weekend to <laughs> settle everything off at the end. What would be a game that any of you would want to eliminate uh, that you just don't see yourself wanting to take in any circumstance? I, I don't trust Houston. It's a ballsy play. I think Philly for me. What about you, Mike? Indy or Philly? Just the short home faves just don't really do it for me. Indy, there doesn't seem like there's any value in it. I agree. I agree with that. Patriots are more intriguing the more that I think about it. It's just, ugh. We said it last week, like we shouldn't be scared to go against Russell Wilson, but then. Yeah, but there's a reason we're does. scared. It's because we've lived through it. I feel like that game could get out of hand too. Bill would just, could just pack it in. Yeah. Prime. I mean, even with Brady, a couple, you know, I'd say the last five or six years, there's been a couple of early season games against decent teams that they've just gotten eviscerated. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he cares as much about the early season losses either. That's true. I don't know. I feel like there's definitely like an unspoken rivalry between Bill and, and Pete. So I, I just don't see him like mailing, mailing this game in. Have they played yeah. since the Super Bowl? I don't remember. Yeah. Seahawks won, actually won in, in uh, New England. This was like 31-24. Uh, there was like a fade pass to Gronkowski at the end of the game. I don't know if you guys remember. Like a fourth and goal. And Cam Chancellor broke it up. I don't know why I remember that. Because you have a sick fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> I 
the lions are more appealing looking at that list too they jump out a little bit i know i said i liked it when we were going through our second games but to me i mean the panthers you can a lot of these games are questionable to me like atlanta is frightening to go against although i'd be willing to do it i don't see any value in indy though i would be willing to do it but carolina getting nine points against tampa that i just yeah yeah i like it i like it too i get you guys on board with arizona or is that going to be a tough sell no it's not i I could get on board with it yeah i'm I'm interested Uh, yeah i I just feel like it's going to be so popular but that's okay i mean that's doesn't and is there is there value on that it's hard to read six and a half right yeah like i don't even think washington was down what 17 nothing to philly yeah. But really, they dominated the majority of that game, mostly with their defensive line. So now we're looking at Philly. I just don't see to me that that doesn't really add up. And I know it's only one week, but Philly just didn't look right to me. And I don't think they've looked right for a while now, going back to last year. And I think that's just, what I'm saying. I think that's more of a case that that game was just up on Philly more than Washington. Well, and just kind of maybe, the perfect but then storm. can we eliminate Philly? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. We can. We don't have to take them. OK, that's fine. All right, so did we whittle it down from nine at all or no? Do we want to eliminate Indy too? Not yet. What about Houston? I, I, yeah, I would mean, keep it in the mix even though I said I didn't like it. I mean, I don't I don't need to eliminate it. We can kick, like Houston, I'd be fine saying that we kicked it out effectively. But, you know, when we when we got three locks on Saturday morning and we're going three three games for two spots and we don't love any of them, like I would raise Houston again at that point. So I don't think I would kick them out yet. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a good stay in the mix or no dallas yeah I, I would like to keep dallas in the mix yeah that line movement's really interesting in dallas going from seven to four and a half yeah that is a little intriguing when the bets have been pretty evenly split right yeah that's the most intriguing game from a trend standpoint too it's really the only one that stands out then we should definitely keep it in okay all right, all right so we got eight miami probably a lock and then arizona carolina detroit new england houston Indy and Dallas. All pretty good teams with good quarterbacks. So that's pretty rare for us. Yeah. Good Good coaches too. Very. Bill. All right. So we'll post these picks on podcastpicks.co. Check us out on Twitter at podcastpicks.co. And we'll announce these picks on Saturday. We got to get it going. Last year, we were two and three in week one. Then we went four and one in week two and four and one in week three. So would love to get a repeat performance of that. Yeah, and two years ago, I think, in week two, after week two, we were actually winning the contest, if I remember. Yes, we were 9-1. and 9-1, and one, and we were standing alone at the top of a pile of 2,500 teams. Ah, to get back up. Good old days. It's pretty great to be back. It's like <laughs> my... <laughs> mind-numbing watching these games especially when the teams that you bet on make terrible mistakes and play calls and penalties go your way or you get you think you have a big stop on a third down and then you see the yellow flag come out but it's the best the best totally glad to be back all right guys we'll talk throughout the week and uh we'll figure this out thanks so much thank you thank you